Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez and joining me to not only look ahead to Saturday's home game with Cheltenham Town but discuss all the exciting transfer activity that's happened since we were last on before the international break. First up, Mr Tom Wallin. Mr Wallin, how you doing? How did Wales get on during the international break? Uh, well, they scraped by one game with a bail hat-trick and then they were terrible last night. Well, actually, there weren't your chances, but drew 0-0. Yeah, so, you know, up and down. As is, as is always the way with the Welsh national side. And Well, England were, got on a bit better, didn't they, Lewis Cat? That's it, mate. Yeah, can't beat a bit of England. Although I didn't watch it last night because I, uh, I was out watching some village football down oh, in Otford. Saw, saw big Ryan Innes as yeah, well down yeah. there. Angling for a move, isn't he, down that way? Yeah, I don't think he'll need it. I think he'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent stuff. Well, on tonight's pod then, as I said, we will look ahead to that Cheltenham uh, Cheltenham Town game uh, in a few minutes' time. But there's been so much transfer activity uh, that's happened since we were last on. So we're going to chat about that. We're going to hear Nigel Atkins' thoughts on the end of the transfer window. We're also going to hear the highlights and some reaction to the uh, Charlton Athletic women's team. 3-1 win over Coventry United. And we speak to former Charlton goalkeeper and absolute addicts legend, Bob Boulder. He's halfway uh, between Lands End and John O'Groats on a charity cycle ride at the moment for the uh, the trust and the upbeat. So I caught up with him yesterday just for a little update uh, as well. So um, I think we should hear some audio really from, from Nigel Atkins. Uh, obviously before uh, the game uh, against Crew, we, we did that. Then we had our show after and then the transfer uh, deadline day came on the Tuesday after uh, and in, so in between our last show we've had confirmation that, that Harry Art has joined. Sam Lavelle uh, and Jonathan Lecco uh, joined on transfer deadline day. Uh, Stephen Henderson and Papa Suarez then be picked up as free agents after the window shut. So it's been all changed uh, since we were last here. And uh, Nigel Atkins was asked during his press day today how he feels now about the shape of his squad. Oh yeah, I mean, from my point of view, I would have loved to have been in this situation at the start of pre-season. You know, as it is, we're starting again because we basically got a whole brand new group. We've got a big squad of players now. Got to make sure there's a pathway there for the youngsters who have done great. You know, so there's a lot of time and attention going in on that. We've obviously brought some more senior players in. We've got to get them up to speed with the, the fitness side of things as well. And the games, some players have not played as many games as they've, they've needed to go and do. So we've got to try and get them up to speed. And likewise, everybody, I'm sure, if you've got a piece of paper and wrote down all of the players we've got and said, right, pick a start 11 from that, guarantee that probably 99% of the people who did that wouldn't pick the same teams I'm going to go and pick. So I just remember going to a, a dinner once with uh, Sir Jack Chal, and he was there, I think it was about 250 people in the room, and he did that as a, for charity, put your pound in if you like, there's the 25 players off that list, pick the same team as me, I don't think anybody in the whole room did that. So it's always going to be about opinion, ultimately 
You know, we've got a group of guys, competition for places drives performance, and that's what we need. We want to be at the top end of the division come the end of the season, but we've got a group of guys, the spirit's really good. I'd like to think we've added real good quality to the group that we've already had. Uh, and for me, the only time, but we've got to be thinking, right, how can we get the performance right to in the next game of football? We should be stronger in the start 11 that goes out, we should be stronger on the impact we can make from the bench, we should be stronger to deal with international players being away, for injuries that might come our way, for suspensions that might come our way. So we put ourselves in a stronger position which is good. Ultimately, trying to put all these pieces of the jigsaw together to get the performance, to get the results is going to be the art. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing, um, from your reaction, I'm guessing I know the answer to this already, but... <laughs> You're happy with the, the business that we made in, the, in, the, in that uh, squad transfers. I'm sure everybody would have said you wanted to bit it sooner, but ultimately, once that transfer went to close, and even beyond that with the uh, um, our contract players that, that obviously came in, um, you're happy with what you've got. Are you, are, are you still going to look? Are, you know, they, we had two free agents coming, Stephen Henderson and Pope Suarez. You're still uh, uh, you know, going to be looking out for, for these type of uh, no, players as well? No, this is the squad that we've got going into the next transfer window, which is... See, I've even thrown the phone away now. <laughs> this is the squad that we've got going into the next transfer window in January. However, as you rightly say, we will always constantly, for the January window, next summer's window, the January window after that, the summer window after that, there's constantly we're going to be looking at how we can, how can we have the evolution of the squad. How can we make sure the pathway for the youngsters is right, we don't block that, because we want them to come through. We've got to think about maybe some of our players go out on loan, so they're getting a games programme, as well as keeping a very strong under-23s programme as well. So there's many aspects to this that we've got to go and look at. Um, and the art's going to be having a good conversation with everybody and trying to make sure that everybody feels wanted, are wanted, and how we can keep developing them. On the training ground, I was really pleased with training today. You know, we, you know, we just have that real good sense that everything's gone up a notch now because we've got that competition, we've got the quality of the players coming in, we've got the youngsters with their enthusiasm as well. Uh, it's, uh, it's been good this week. There we go, Nigel Atkins. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's considering where we were a few weeks ago, especially at the start of the season, Tom. I mean, it's been quite the transformation uh, and all of a sudden it feels like we're in a very strong position. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to take time for them to gel and, and Nigel said himself he wanted them in before you know we were even in pre-season. Um, but as we've said for the first five or six so shows of the season, we, we needed to wait until the end of the window to really judge this side. And it, it's been difficult and I understand the fans' frustration and, and at, at times I've felt it as well. Um, but I think when you look at the squad that we've got together now, there there isn't really any excuses. You know, it's not a squad that necessarily are now going to go and win the league, but it's a squad that's definitely capable of those those top six places despite the start we've had. So, yeah, I think we've brought in players in the right places uh, and I think you know the arrivals this week of Henderson and Suarez really finished that off you know just securing a left back and a and a goalkeeper because they were perhaps the final places where we did have people missing um, so yeah it is now about those players gelling it's about and I had this debate with somebody I think possibly on Twitter yesterday about you know what formation do we play now because even in those attacking places we've got what seven or eight people and probably three or two spots to play them. So I think we're going to have to be accept that, you know, all of those players aren't going to play every game. And the challenge Nigel now has, as opposed to just getting a side out there, is who are the right players and what's the right formation to take on each team. And if he gets that right, then as I say, I think we've got the personnel in there to go on a, a good run now once those, those players gel in.
Mm. I mean, do you think after the start of the season, there was a bit of a realisation uh, that we desperately needed a, a bit more in the squad and maybe we've sort of woken up and, and finished it? Or do you think this was sort of always the plan? I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, I'm leaning towards the first one, personally, Lewis. Which way did you did you see the window go? Yeah, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, Thomas spoke openly about wanting to work with youth and, and bring youth through, give them a chance. And um, obviously we have an incredible academy with with incredibly talented young players but you also need that experience and that pedigree to get out of this division and I think like you say we probably underestimated the league um probably looking around as well at people doing other business I know Ipswich and Wigan have had very busy windows but a lot of other clubs haven't because of the the pandemic and finances etc um but I think we've obviously with the start we've had taken stock and realized that we need bodies to compete. We need backup. You need competition for places because people will just become, you know, slack and lackadaisical if they've got no one pushing them for their position, which, you know, we've seen that come in now. We've Elliot Lee came in for the last game and I think he's been a really good addition. And uh, as Tom said there, the the additions of um, on deadline day of Harry Arter, Jonathan Lecco, Sam Lavelle, and then the signings this week of, uh, Soiree and, and Stephen Henderson as well. It just kind of completes the squad for me. Uh, I think we've really, you know, we've taken stock. We've we've made some mistakes maybe early on with underestimating it, but we've put it right. And, you know, fans were calling out for those signings and we've delivered now. And, and it looks like, as Tom said, we've got a squad really capable of pushing for things now. Whether that's the top two or the top six remains to be seen. But when you look at the squad on paper, you'd, you'd be expecting a side with the the players and the personnel that we have now to be pushing for the the upper echelons of the division. And I think we will now. Now, everyone likes an exciting transfer deadline day, Tom. And I think, you know, especially when the deal goes down to the line, you don't know if it's going to come out and you don't really know who it is. So that was a bloody lovely surprise when Jonathan Lecco popped up uh, right at the end of the transfer window. I mean, beyond 11 o'clock, it was announced. Um, And I mean, a player coming back to where he had such a successful loan spell uh, in the championship in the league above, obviously cut short by injury. Um, he hasn't had the best of time uh, at Birmingham. We have to be we have to be clear about that. But you know, I was I'm overjoyed to see Jonathan Lecco back. And wow, what what an, atta- an amount of attacking options we have now. Especially if you think about those wide wider forward players, Lecco, DJ, Kirk. You know, Washington can play out there. There's so many options now on either side of Jaden Stockley. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what I said earlier. You know, now it's about right which of those players can grab that chance and. And what formation do we play to best suit those players and, and best suit the opposition we're playing? And yeah, I was delighted that that he came back. I thought he started his chart and career with us a little bit slowly, but then sort of hit that purple patch, didn't he? Uh, and then obviously, yeah, as you say, got the injury. And that might have been the same at Birmingham, you know, might have just taken a while to settle in there as well. So that he he was at home here. We've obviously all seen, I'm sure, the videos of, of him and, and Tracy Lieburn kind of getting back together and seeing each other again and... Uh, he obviously feels very comfortable around the club. So, uh, you know, I'd expect at this level, certainly, that he will be another one that can do some damage. And as you say, the likes of Kirk and DJ already shown little glimpses. We've got, obviously, Elliot Lee. We've got Connor Washington. So there are players there that can play number 10. There are players there that can play wide in a front three. Um, I would suggest maybe Connor and Jaden, perhaps Ronnie, if once we know what's going on with him, the only people who could probably play in a in a front two. But... 
we've got so many options up there now and that's what we need because those first few games we've seen that goals have been hard to come by and obviously the Crawley game we, we managed to uh, to knock a few in but prior to that it was primarily set pieces up until the, the crew game so yeah that's what we'll be looking at now is you know how do we get those players in and how do we get them scoring but but once we do, we've got so much, so much attacking threat. And as Lewis said, you know, that now puts pressure on players because if they do have a bad game or two, we've got seven or eight players there kind of waiting. You know, even Blackett Taylor, you know, he's there. All of them are there just waiting to take that chance. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. I'm just looking forward to seeing them now because this international break feels like it's gone on forever. Yeah, harsh. I missed out Blackett Taylor off that list, really, of wide options because he played very well against Crawley, obviously, in the... That the Papa John's, but he got his first goal and he looked really lively when he played, got a stand innovation. Uh, when he went off as well, as did the likes of Elliot Lee, who played really well. Maybe we'll, we'll chat a bit more about that game actually later on as well, because it was a great evening uh, and it obviously was the prelude to the end of the transfer window. But I mean, who else came in? Sam Lavelle coming in from Morecambe. Um, you know, a, a lot of people were wondering if we even needed another centre half because we've been so impressed by Deji Eleraway. Uh, but I think realistically, we, we do still need to remember he's a 17 year old, so there's no harm bringing it on here and there. And, he, and he's proven more than capable of doing that. But you don't want to overly rely on someone so young just yet. No, definitely not. And I think the the acquisition of Sam Lavelle as well has probably gone under the radar a little bit because of the excitement around Jonathan Lecco and also Harry Arter. But, you know, this is a guy who's a, a consistent starter for his for his former club, a captain of his former club, I think over 100, I think about 165 appearances for Morecambe. You know, so he's experienced, good pedigree, a leader, as well and when you've got someone like that coming off of a bench or you know even pushing for a starting place that's you know like we say real strength in depth and I, I was one of the positions I did think was key because the fitness of of Ryan Innes and um Akin last season not in terms of their overall fitness but injuries obviously left us really vulnerable in that period around sort of Christmas time when we were without both of them um which is when we really struggled to to defend and keep clean sheets um there's always that concern of those injuries coming back up again, especially with, with Ryan, with the long layoff that he did have. Um, so it's good to have that back up there because like we say, we can manage him like we did in pre-season. We brought him back so late on because we were managing that injury and, and his return to full fitness. You can drop him out of games now and give him a rest and, and stick Sam Lavelle in there or like you say, stick uh, Deji in there as well. So Really, really happy with the business in, in bringing Sam Lavelle in. I think he'll he'll be a really good acquisition. Yeah, now Papa Suarez is an interesting one. Obviously, um, you know, former Palace man, uh, played a, a, a very high level. You know, I think, uh, was he Premier League? He's played in, in, in the first league in France as well. And I had, had this nasty car accident a few years back and hasn't played a great deal since then. Uh, I mean, if we can... If he can rediscover that form, he's with us for at least a year. Um, then then he, he could be a, a real sort of dark horse coming out of nowhere and, and actually being the player he once was again, which could be really good. And, and we know that we needed a little bit of competition at, at the, in that left-back berth. I wonder if he's a bit more of an attacking one as well than, than Ben Perrington, Tom. Yeah, as you say, comes with uh, with huge potential, I think, but also a bit of a risk. Uh, I said to you when, when he signed, I didn't realise he'd ever managed to come back from that car accident. Because um, as you say, it was uh, obviously a very difficult time for him. So, yeah, it is a risk because from what I've read and kind of seen, he you know he hasn't played a huge amount since and, and hasn't been brilliant. But when something like that happens, you know, it does take some time. So, it, at the very least, he's going to put pressure on the likes of Ben Purrington and, uh, and Chris Gunter, who's... I think the last couple of games performed better out there, but certainly we would expect more from him. Um, 
and as you say, maybe something a little bit different as well. So, yeah, probably not the same sort of seven out of ten performance that you get out of, out of Perrington, and obviously Gunter brings all that experience, but you know he, he can put pressure on them, and and as you say, offer something different. So. Yeah, he's a little bit of a an unknown quantity, I think, at this stage. But a bit like Henderson, you know, just offers us cover in that position. Um, so, yeah, another one. And, and as I said earlier, just an area that I think we all know that we, we kind of needed to strengthen. And, you know, it's not the sexy signing of a, another striker or anything like that. But come the end of the season, might be the sort of player that, you know, plays the odd game here and there and just helps us enough and gets those extra points over the line for us that could be the difference between a playoff or not. So... Yeah, interesting to see how he settles in. What about Hendo then? There is obviously a great character. I'll never forget that night up at Huddersfield when he came out to do uh, to do Carol Fry's post-match duties for him and, and how much he was hurting um, at, at full time in that game that we'd lost 5-0 at, at Huddersfield. But uh, again, someone who hasn't played very much, but he's, he's been he's been what, with the club for about four or five weeks before we've actually signed him. So clearly they've decided there's, there's enough there to, to, to make him our backup goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. He's someone I really, really like. Um, Henderson, from his time here before, was an honest, open player in in those tough periods we had uh, in that relegation season, especially. He always came to the to the forefront and and spoke out when when needed, and he was a real consistent performer. I mean, the season before he was in outstanding form as well, and a great goalkeeper and a great character. So. Obviously, with the likes of well, Ashley's obviously gone out on loan now, but we saw Nathan Harness in the in the Crawley game look fairly impressive. But you always need a bit of experience there, and I think with Hendo coming back, he's all round popular character around the football club from his previous time here, and also some real experience at, at different levels of the EFL. He's obviously had a not had the best couple of years in terms of playing time. He's been he's been at Palace and was pretty much unused obviously had his time at Forest went back out on loan to Portsmouth um he's you know had a tough couple of years since he's been away from us but I watched his uh interview on on uh Valley Pass Charlton TV earlier um with him and he, and he just seems so happy to be back and I think having him around the place will be a real boost and um you know I just think he's a really great person to have in and around the football club. And I was really, really happy to see him uh, given the opportunity to come back. Now, Rich asked me to sort of sum up uh, the, the transfer window as it closed. So I was up until like one o'clock in the morning the night after it closed, just to, just to put down my final thoughts. And I, I think that what I, I said, there were still two positions where I felt short at the back of my mind, knowing that we were definitely going to get another goalkeeper anyway. So I didn't include that, but obviously left back was one of them. The other one was striker. Now, uh, Josh Davison did very well against Crawley. Actually he scored two very good goals, got an assist um, as well. I mean, Johnny Jackson said sort of, sort of two and a half goals because it was an own goal, wasn't it? That he's, he's cross went in off. Um, but when we saw him in, in, the, in the League Cup game against Wimbledon, probably wasn't at, up to that level yet. I mean, it, it, he is now going to be the backup for the Jaden Stockley type of striker. I mean, it is, is that a post that you would have wanted to bring someone else in? You know, knowing fully well that we do have these attacking options that can flit around and, and change the system a bit. Or do you think, no, Josh, Josh needs to have his chance now. He needs to do it sort of now or never to, to be the backup for Jaden and, and to have the ability to come in and take his place when Jaden's out the side injured. I think it's a really difficult one. My opinion would be he's not quite ready yet, um, but he is playing backup. So, you know, you don't expect him to to be needed too much. Obviously, if Jaden gets an injury, I would be worried only having 
him there in in that sort of mould. Now, as I said earlier, we've we've got Ronnie, but we don't really know what's going on with him. Uh, again, maybe we'll talk about what Jacko said after the Crawley game. Uh, we've got Connor, who can play up there, but you'd expect to play more in as a two uh, or just behind a striker. So I did want another striker in, if I'm being totally honest. But it's difficult to know who to go for because any of the kind of the big strikers are going to get are going to get picked off early doors you would expect and they're going to expect to to play and the reality is that for the majority of games so far Nigel has gone for either one up top or one up with one just behind and so any striker we did bring in is probably going to have to accept that they're playing you know second fiddle to to Jaden Stockley and they're not necessarily going to be happy to do that so to that extent I think well if that's the case you know give give Josh a chance and if he can play the other Papa John's games and get get some minutes and get a couple of goals in those, then maybe he can. Because like you, I thought he impressed in pre-season. I'm just not sure if if really he's he's at the League One level yet or not. But there's only one way to find out, and that's to give him a chance. I just worry about playing him too much, too young, like we've done with the likes of, of Joe Pigger and, and Carlin, who then had a little bit of time in the wilderness before they then kind of came back and had a renaissance, if you like, and started to play a bit better. And you know, I don't want Josh to have to go through all of that. I want him to be able to just gradually get his chance. But, you know, maybe if he's playing backup striker, that's exactly what he'll get. And so long as Jaden stays fit, there'll be opportunities there. So, yeah, like you, in a perfect world, I would have liked another. But I think that's being greedy, given the attacking options we've now got. Yeah. I mean, pressure's on now, isn't it, Lewis? Like, So, at the start of the season, everyone was saying the squad was short. We were concerned that it wasn't going to be addressed. It has now been addressed. You know, I think most people... We look at that squad and say, yeah, that's pretty much where I, I was hoping we were going to be. I mean, Nigel said it himself in his clip. We wanted to be there at the start of the season and, and we weren't. But that has now been fixed and it's almost a chance to start again. But I mean, if you look at that squad now and you don't get top six, then I think that would be a, a massive letdown for me. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that that squad on paper has to be finishing in the top six. I think that would be the expectation. I think, you know, we've spoken about it before that, you know, Thomas had his own expectation before the season started and that probably contributed to why we were so frustrated that we had the start that we did and maybe the lack of transfer business early on in the window um, sort of didn't match that ambition. Um, But obviously now we've had that and the bodies have come in. I feel we've strengthened in, in all areas. I think overall there's a real depth there now. It'll be a different squad that we see on, on Saturday to the one we've seen in the opening stages of the games. I think there'll be a lot more uh, options on the bench to come off and change a game if we need to make that decision. And yeah, I th- I think overall, I mean, it's been the aim from the off, even with the start we had. I think, you know, we've always said that our ultimate aim is to get out of this division and we maybe didn't have the tools to do so at the start. But in my opinion, we definitely do now. And I know I was as buzzing as you were with Jonathan Lecco coming back. And I, I think he's a real a real coop and he loves it here and, and I, that can only benefit us if he's if he's playing well he's a real confidence player and he get he almost has that buzz and smile on his face here and you could see it in his interview with Tracy and everything and I think if that gets him firing then we've got one hell of a player on our hands this season and that'll definitely contribute yeah I'm buzzing for the first time he gives the ball away and everyone forgets that he's a winger and just assumes that he should do everything correct every time because that, that was one grumble people had but I mean it, I mean as Lebo used to say he is an absolute wild card 
uh, to the extent that even he doesn't know what he's doing. So how on earth is a defender going to deal with him? I, I, I thought Jonathan was brilliant when he was with us. Uh, and his goals and assist record was quite good. I think it was something like nine within that first half of the season before he went he went off injured. So, yeah, really excited about him. Really hopes he can pick up uh, his form. Again, let's have a look at some of the tweets and emails that have come in then. Uh, I put it out there asking uh, how people feel about the squad. Now, Steve says results will define how successful the window has been, which, yeah, I guess, it, I guess they will. Um, Sam says a championship side we've got now. We just need to make sure we get uh, the results on the pitch. Will said, I hope people stop whining now about the squad. We've brought in players. We've brought in quality and we are building about the future of the club. The only way up is the only way is up from here. Keep the faith. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I don't know if whining's the word I'd use, but there was certainly disquiet about the state of the squad, and that's, that. I mean, that has been addressed now. But at the time that people were saying they were upset about the squad, Tom, it needed to be addressed, and that's why they they, they would have said it. Yeah, I think it was justified. I think we probably said on here, as I said again right at the start of the pod, that we need to wait till the end of the transfer window, but you know, expectations have been set by the owner and the manager, and and. You know, after that relatively credible draw against Sheffield Wednesday, we hadn't won a game prior to Crew. Uh, so I think there was reason to be worried because we weren't expecting a start like that. And, and yes, it was easy enough to say, well, Ipswich are down there as well and look at all the players they've signed. But concentrating on ourselves, you know, we would have been not promised, but there was certainly an expectation that we would be up there and, and we weren't. But Yes, I don't think maybe whining, but certainly uh, disgruntled fans. And and as I say, I think there was an element of truth in that. We were at the Wigan game. I thought that was poor. But Crew was a slightly better performance. Obviously, Crawley, we went and got the win. And, you know, if we can kick a little run on now, I think that will change. And we've brought the players in now. So, yeah, let, let's see where we are in a couple of months. Yeah, and I think the, I mean, you talk about expectation levels being set. I think, I think even the manager's own expectation levels weren't being reached, you know, two weeks ago in terms of the, the transfer business. But... I think that has been put right now, right? Ashley said we should be pushing uh, for a top six finish. Exciting to know that even after this season, if we don't get promoted, we have long-term contracts with key players and can build on that moving forward, stopping the yearly exodus every season and also giving youngsters a chance. Yeah, and that's certainly one of the, one of the good things about the, the, the younger players we've got on long deals. Obviously, we have got more experience on shorter deals at times and, and a couple of loans in, but that is about finding the right mix and I'm hoping we're starting to find that now. Uh, right, Alan says... Uh, we We've not only got players in, but we've got quality players in. Not only does it make competition for players for places uh, better, but you can see that the new players will most likely be in the starting eleven. On paper, it's looking very good. Uh, we just got to pray that they gel quickly. Well done, Thomas Sangard and Charlton for the uh, great work. Uh, Michael says, uh, in making signings late, Thomas Sangard has stomached a few early defeats for value for money, so he is less likely to be taken for a ride by agents. In the future, that is his long-term thinking. So that's the way Michael's seen uh, the transfer window. Again, if that's exactly what's happened behind the scenes, who knows? Maybe, maybe there was an element of thinking that we could do it with a slightly smaller score or a slightly smaller budget. But, but that's been re-fought after the first few games. I think if you listen to Steve Gallen was on the seventy-two podcast with our old friend uh, Aaron Paul. We used to do the Love Sports show with. Uh, really good pod, uh, really good host as well. So make sure you go and listen to that. Um, and uh, yeah, it was interesting hearing Steve, how he saw the window progress. And I, it, it did imply he felt there was sort of like a, a seed change after the, the first couple of, uh, of of results themselves. Right, Mike said, uh, a few weeks back, I was concerned at the lack of depth, but I think that's now been comprehensively uh, resolved. The squad has cover in all key positions with one possible caveat in the front line. I think, yeah, I think me and Mike are on the same page there. Uh, if we are playing with one forward, then a lot hinges on Stockley 
who I feel is the only striker we have that can play that lone role. Uh, let's hope that he stays fit. I feel now we have a top six squad and more importantly, the building blocks for our team to improve next season with some solid younger players on longer contracts uh, than we have become used to. Well done, Thomas Sangard, for me. So far, you have delivered. Coming, you reds. That's from Mike. Yeah, excellent email, Mike. And I have to say, I think I agree with pretty much everything that you've put in there. I mean, uh, on, on transfer deadline day, we have briefly mentioned it, Lewis, but the 6-1 win against Crawley uh, in the Papa John's. I, they I always always take the mickey out of that competition because, uh, you know, it's not it's not one I, I hold in, in high regard. But funny enough, when, when the games are you know, very low pressure... Uh, sometimes it can be quite quite fun, and that that's certainly what it was on um, on that Tuesday night. And, and there's so many good things that did come out of it. So Josh Dezat Davison playing well, uh, Elliot Lee getting his minutes in and scoring an excellent goal. Um, and I, I mean, f- mainly for me, the the, the second to last uh, goal of the evening, Mason Burstow, the the young striker coming on for his debut, on for less than two minutes before he headed home, and you know also involved with an assist for for Josh Davison's own goal. Um, so many good things to come out of it, but always great to see a young to come on and make his debut and ripple the net within a couple of minutes. Yeah, really enjoyable evening. Lots of good performances all round. And like you say, a competition we probably don't take very seriously, but it was good. I think it came at the right time because there were a few players there that were lacking a bit of confidence. You know, I think George Dobson played really well as well that night. Sean Clare as well. And like you say, Josh Davison, who now is going to be that backup striker probably. And it was a good night for him for confidence in terms of getting his double, which was almost a hat-trick as well. So... Yeah, all in all, a positive performance. And like we say, I, I seem to have a habit of going to Papa John's games and there being loads of goals. And the last one I went to was that 8-0. So it was a nice nice treat to go and see a 6-1 as well at home. So yeah, really enjoyable. Lovely stuff. Right, let's have a break. When we come back, we're going to focus our attention for a couple of minutes on the Charlton Athletic women's side. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there, pierces there. Bowers with a header. And it's Charlton. Yes! 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 Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What a time to be here at Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Shelton Live. 
Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview looking ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Cheltenham Town. Uh, it'll be the first time I can remember Cheltenham coming to the Valley. i have to look up if they've, uh, when the last time I actually played them in the league was. I'll do that while we listen uh, to this little package uh, from the game against the women's, uh, for the women's side against Coventry United. Now, they finally kicked their season off after the away game at Lewis uh, was uh, was uh, postponed due to COVID uh, reasons. So they were at home uh, against Coventry on uh, Saturday, on last Sunday. Lewis was the commentator on Charlton TV. It was a 3-1 victory uh, afterwards as well. We hear from a uh, goal scorer, double goal scorer, Ella Rutherford and manager Karen Lewis. And it's a corner to be taken here. Paul comes in for the back sticks. Well competed in the air. It's just cleared away, but it might come out to Rutherford. And it's a goal! Charlton Athletic take a really early lead, 48 seconds on the clock. Ella Rutherford with a fantastic strike from outside the box. And what a dream start for Karen Hills Addicts. Oh, and the, the ball's gone straight in from the corner. Charlton conceding in an unfortunate manner just before the half-time whistle. Ball comes in, will it go all the way through? It does! And it's a carbon copy of the equaliser from Coventry. What a goal! And the Addicts go 2-1 up. Brilliant strike from Beth Rowe. She's been really impressive in this game. Really effective down that side. Becky Jane gets ahead of her and it's a great turn by Kira Skills. And she finds Elise Hughes. And Rutherford tries to switch onto her stronger left. She does. She takes a strike. And what a goal from Ella Rutherford. Her second of the game. And what a fantastic strike on her left foot. Charlton well and truly deserve that. I'm really pleased with everything we've done today. I thought we was outstanding from the minute one to, to right to the very end. I thought physically we looked we looked sharp. Um, the girls executed game plan um, amazingly well. You know we've been working really hard in pre-season, so it's nice that sort of it's paid off. Um, and it was just amazing to have the fan support back today. I think that really played a part in our victory. Um, so yeah, I'm just really happy with all round performance. It's really good from everyone. The season's going to be a long season. Um, there's going to be lots of twists and turns, as you see today then, by what you've just said. Um, there is no team. Every team's going to be able to pick points off everyone. So all we need to do is keep focusing on what we're doing, making sure that we're doing everything right to, to keep the group as, as together as they have been today and performances will take care of themselves. I wouldn't say it's a message for others. I'd just say it's a message to ourselves that hard work pays off. Um, and, you know, we're just delighted to be back here playing football in front of the Charlton fans. Um, take each game as it comes, and we can obviously take this as a positive that we've started the season with a win, but there's a long way to go, so we're just going to keep working hard and take every game as it comes. Oh, it was great to see so many people come down and support the girls, and I hope now that uh, we get even more support, because the way that they played today, it was exciting football, um, and you'd expect now the Charlton fans to, to be obviously getting behind us, which they already have, but now you... you when you start momentum and you start being successful, then obviously the following grows and we all know that. But no, I'm really pleased with that start and, and I think the fans should go away feeling quite excited about what's up what's, what's up for the season. There we go. I went to bed dreaming of Ella, Ella Rutherford's left foot that night because she scored two absolutely beautiful strikes. So pure and the second one was a screamer uh, from outside the area. Lewis, I mean, you, you were on comms duty. Uh, what a way to kick off the season, the first game as a professional side and, you know, 360-odd people packed into the Oakwood. Uh, it really was an enjoyable afternoon. 
Yeah, it was. Really enjoyed commentating. Um, the girls were, were fantastic. You know, it was a real strong performance. They were in the ascendancy for the entire game, really. It looked like a really well-worked outfit. You can see um, Karen and Ratish have had a, a, a lot of preparation, a, a strong summer and have brought in some decent players. And like you say, Ella Rutherford, what a performance. She she won Player of the Week as well, didn't she? So well done to her for that because I thought she was outstanding. But yeah, lots of lots of good performances in there. And also, it's not often you go to a game and see two goals scored directly from a corner. <laughs> exactly the same corner as well. But um, yeah, really enjoyable, really positive performance from from the women's side. And uh, yeah, exciting season ahead if there's more performances like that. Yeah, um, in the tank. Yeah, the, the two goals from corner. I mean, I was I was driving back from Norfolk, so I was I was getting text updates from Benji who'd gone down to the Oakwood, and he he seemed really excited that someone had scored from a corner. So people score from corners over all the time. You just lob it in, someone heads it in. But I didn't wait until I watched it back because I oh literally directly from the corner both times. It was Beth Rowe uh, who got the Addicts uh, back in front shortly after half time, which was directly from a corner. But yeah, Rutherford had scored inside the opening minute. Uh, and then added a, a glorious third. Uh, yeah, Addicts uh, women's there really shaping up well. We'll, uh, we'll uh, give you the details of the next home game uh, when it's due to come. I think they're away to Durham uh, this Sunday. So a long journey. If anyone's up in the northeast, uh, look that fixture up and go on uh, and support uh, the girls. We are sponsoring the captain, actually, um, Lauren Bruton. Uh, so yeah Charlton Live uh, getting involved again with the women's team and uh, glad to uh, support the girls right um, another one who needs our support Bob Boulder um, absolute addicts legend of course former Charlton goalkeepers uh, been around the place for 35 years he's just passed that landmark in the, the last few weeks um, he is uh, doing his bit for the community trust and for the upbeats at the moment he's doing a cycle ride um, from Land's End uh, to John O'Groats to raise money for the upbeats uh, and for the trust. Uh, I caught up with him on the phone yesterday to get a little up, little update as to where he is now. So we're joined on Charlton Live by Bob Boulder, uh, who's uh, just outside Carlisle at the moment. Bob, uh, a few days now into your, your challenge. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're you're trying to achieve? Yeah, yeah. obviously, uh, <clears throat> the challenge is obviously just, just celebrating 35 years. I thought I'd do something a little bit different. And um, the Deloitte Lab um, was for Britain thought about that. And um, what about one... So the fundraiser for the trust and the, the upbeats, you know, because obviously been with the trust for a long time and the upbeats is uh, just a fantastic program. So um, yeah, it has, and it has been the challenge so far. So we've done finished day five today. So uh, so we started at the landing, um, and we're up just outside Carlisle now. So I think we've done about five hundred and uh, five hundred and sixty miles so far. So yeah, so. But we, we go to Scotland tomorrow. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, so the, the finish line almost be in sight then. A few few hundred miles up the road. I mean, it's it's a pretty yeah, grueling yeah, schedule, well, isn't it? Yeah, we've gone over halfway, so psychologically, yeah, so yeah, it's a bonus, you know. Yeah. But um, Scotland gets it gets a bit harder, obviously. Yeah. In Scotland, there's, there's one or two little hills up there. Yeah. You know, yeah. the choice ones, but the um, the people on the on it is true. They're all same. Uh, all, same. They're mine like exactly the same. They all want to achieve something. A lot of a lot of people doing it for charities, different charities. So this makes it even nicer. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's really you, you get to talk to them and they're, why they're doing it and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very humbling and that you know, like individual ones for different families and things. But yeah, right across the board, every charity right across the board, I think. Yeah, and of course you're you're doing it to to raise money for the for the upbeats, which is obviously a cause uh, close to a lot of Charlton supporters' hearts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean we've all seen that. They're obviously, nine-time national champions as well, which is like brilliant. And obviously the COVID situation has 
set it back a little bit. So just to get them um, the funding, you know, in for them so they can carry on for the next year or two years. So um, obviously our tar- target was 5,000. And uh, once again, Charlton fans have been fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's just brilliant. So we, we, we hit that on Monday and then we've just gone uh, about over about 5,400 5, now. So um, more people have donated. So it'll be brilliant to see if we can... Um, just keep on pushing it and, uh, and I'll keep on getting day by day up here, getting through each day and that, and uh, hopefully we can get, get a few more quid in, which would be fantastic, you know. Yeah. I think it's new funding, you know, so they, uh, obviously they've got um, the train facilities and they're travelling and different things like that and coaches and it's only that the parents obviously are enthusiastic. And also um, the trust as well, so obviously I'm doing it for the trust, which I've been there for 25 years and I was Jason Morgan and that with, uh, in the early days when I was playing. Um, asked me to do things and that's how we sort of come into uh, working together and advised me to come on board. So, yeah, 35 years on, still here. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What, what is it about, what is it about the, the place? What is it about you that we can't get rid of you, I guess, after 35 yeah, years? Well, that's it, yeah, so... Um, the contract, I didn't know the contract was worth, you know, when I signed it, I did read the tiny, tiny small print, so it must be like a 40-year contract or something like that. To be honest, really, I did, the club have been great to me, and, uh, you know, the, the trust, and, um, you know, so like, and the hosting on match days and stuff and everything, so it's just a just a big package that, that sort of suits me and suits the club, and hopefully that will continue, so um, it's just nice to be able to do something um, like from from me, from heart for uh, everybody that's uh, involved in the trust and the upgrade. So um, hopefully we'll um, hit a target and get, well, don't hit a target, but get a, a few more quid in. Which is, that's what it's all about, really. Yeah, so, and that's what we'll, uh, we'll, we'll share the... We'll share the links on our Charlton Live social media, and we'll speak to you again on Sunday as well when uh, uh, you'll be able to, to hopefully tell us that you finished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, um, there's some Charlton fans on it. I've got a couple of Charlton fans on the the ride as well, so I've had a little ride with them, and so they're proper Charlton, so that's nice. Um, so um, I'll, I'll have to ask them to purchase, but if they talk on Sunday, well, I'm allowed to use their name, and that's how they're supposed to <laughs> otherwise, but um, yeah, I don't want to be called an Uzi if they get me in trouble. So. They're not on the run, yeah. are they? We have to be careful, don't we? Yeah, I was going to say, if they're on the run, that's a very slow way to do it, but it does well, get yeah, you quite yeah, far. No, There we go. That was Bob Boulder. Um, yeah, really putting in the miles. I'm excited to find out who those Charlton fans are and if they are on the run or if um, if they are just uh, cycling along with Bob. But maybe we'll find out on Sunday when Bob will hopefully have finished his ride if all goes well. Um, I mean, you know he's got it in him. Um, and none of you guys have ever done the, the cycle. Uh, Nath done the cycle ride, didn't he, to Amsterdam. But basically, the, the, the ride to Amsterdam, we do 146 miles over two days. But he's doing 100 plus miles every single day, Tom. Um, are you going to sign up next year? I was talking to somebody about it at the Oak the other week because during lockdown I did so I did a trip from my house and I did Palace, Wimbledon, Fulham, Chelsea, Millwall, Charlton and back home in a day and I think that was around 50 miles and I mean I was broken by the end 
So the idea of doing more than that for two days is nuts. But I mean, what he's doing is is something else again. But you know, he absolutely loves it, doesn't he? He's, he's a character. He's a good laugh, and you know, Charlton has a habit of of kind of keeping that relationship with old players, and it's obviously for a fantastic cause as well. So. Yeah, I certainly won't be going quite the distance that he is, but I'd be interested maybe one day of of doing the uh, the Amsterdam one because it it sounds like you boys had a good time last time. Yeah, I, I think I've hung up my. I, I literally haven't been on my bike since the last one, so I'm, I'm a bit out of shape. But we'll uh, we'll share. Uh, Charlton and I have a sponsored Bob, and we should say actually, like um, every time you download the pod, we get about thirty, like about one p from Acast, uh, and if that all adds up, we can sponsor things like the women's team and uh, and and the trust and, and the upbeats etc. So keep downloading, and if you can get as many phones as possible and download it like 10 times you're just helping good causes and that's what we're all about here on Cholton Live. Right when we come back from this break we're going to start to look ahead to the home game with Cholton. Into the box looking for stock and he gets it in and there's the opening goal. Cholton scored a delivery absolutely perfect from Albie Morgan picks out Stockley who rose first and flicked it past Fisher for the opening goal yeah and that is a very very difficult ball to defend if you're a centre half I know you want to look at it from Stockley's point of view he was aggressive he got above the centre half he pinned him so he couldn't make a jump and attack the ball and then once you've done that it's just a case of getting contact onto the, the football itself and direction towards goal he did that we find ourselves one in front but a delightful delivery from Albie Morgan well, welcome back to Charlton Live then uh, time to look ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Cheltenham Tyne it is our first ever home game against them I just looked it up so basically the, the game against them in the League Cup a couple of years ago under Russell Slade I'm fairly confident Russell Slade was the manager that day uh, was yeah because he shouted at me it was, um, uh, it was a 1-0 defeat in the League Cup in 2016 so this will be their first ever visit to the Valley according to 11v11.com uh, and looking forward to it then so uh, yeah especially uh, with all the signings that have come in. It's going to be a very interesting game for the Addicts. But first of all, uh, Nigel Atkins was asked about the injury news heading into the clash with the Robins. Ben Perrington, we'll start with Ben. Ben's trained with us today, which has been really good. And Alex has joined in a part of the training session. So hopefully they'll get a, a full week's training next week, uh, putting them closer to where we need to get them to. Great news. And, uh, and Jake, Jake Boskowski still on, on track. Everything OK with, with Jake? Yeah, I had a good chat with Jake today. He's, uh, he's really pleased. He started to do a bit of running on the Alter G, which is good. So obviously that's an anti-gravity running machine. So not the same as running on the grass, for example. But, um, you know, he's on track for what he's doing. And his attitude's really good and uh, his mood is good. Any injuries we're not aware of from, uh, from what happened uh, prior to the international break and even with the players coming back from international break? Oh, we got one or two, but likewise, we've got a big squad of players. <laughs> big squad of players. Some played in the 23s yesterday, which was good. Another good victory for the guys. Um, you know, we got a squad of players. One or two little niggles, which everyone will be well aware of. Um, but we've got a good, uh, good spirit about ourselves going into the game. Just for the international break, uh, back-to-back wins, if we include the uh, Papa John's trophy, which we should, um, both at the Valley and Saturday, obviously, we're back there again. So uh, hopefully uh, with the uh, transfer window activity that we've done, plus the two wins just prior to the window, we could have a good crowd at the Valley on Saturday against Cheltenham Town. But Cheltenham Town, they've had a, might have had a mixed start to, to their life back in League One. But, uh, you know, they won the Division Two Championship last season. Michael Duff will have his side fired up for playing at a place, a stadium like the Valley. So uh, it's going to be a tough one. Very, very much a tough game. 
You know, I've watched them myself already this season. As you rightly say, they've done great last year. They were knocking on the door the year before that. They've got a manager who's been in place for several years now at the football club, so he's been able to build something. They've got a way that they play in and out possession. They're going to be tough to break down. We're aware of that. And they've got the threats going forward. Uh, and they've done well. And it's going to be... There's no easy games in this division. I think we talked about that. And when you made me turn, I said, well, we're Charlton, they're Charlton. So poles are parts of size of football clubs. Cannot even think that way. It's a game of football against, you know, never ever, sons of the art of war, you know, never ever underestimate the opposition. So we've done our homework, we've done our diligence, we've worked really hard through the course of our week in our training to prepare ourselves for the game. And then we've got to see what we can do during that game. You say about players coming in in the lift and uh, they get the chance to, uh, or the fans get the chance on Saturday to see some of these new players. It has given everybody a buzz, but it's also added a little bit of pressure because. Uh, with the squad depth we've now got, the, the expectation levels go up as well. Well, the expectation level was here before I joined, and that's what we want, you know. So I had ten games at the end of last season. Unfortunately, we lost one. And I thought that was probably one of our better performances as well. So the expectation when we joined the football club, the statue of Charlton, is to be challenging at the top ends of the division, whichever division you're in, uh, and that's what we're going to be looking to go and do. We've now brought, you know, we've now got a sizable squad of players, which is good, which is important. And this is the starting point. Now what we've got until the next international break is a run of fixtures where that squad and the depth of the squad should start to be coming to fruition where we are playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. You can maybe take a player out and not risk an injury with him and rest him. Competition for places that come in, maybe change uh, personnel that might be suited to certain games that we've got home and away. Many factors, people's lifestyle, you know, off the field of play, different things where we're not going to lose players to injury. The fact of the matter is we probably will because that's the nature of football. But hopefully we can deal with them situations a bit better. There we go then, Nigel, with uh, plenty of selection headaches uh, going into this game uh, with Cheltenham. But I mean, that's exactly where, where he wants to be, I guess, uh, Lewis. Like, you need, you need to be in a situation where you're not scrambling around to, to fill the side and, and fill the bench like we were in, in early days of the season. I mean, it, it really is. And it's going to be fascinating to see which, which players play in which position come Saturday. Yeah, definitely. And also, like you say, that healthy competition of pushing players. And we've obviously had this international break as well, which has probably come at the perfect time for us because we've got those bodies in and they've had a bit of an extended period to to work together. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting whether any of the new guys start from the off. I don't know. Um, but it's great to have um, all these options now to choose from. And especially in midfield, it's a real... Um, well, loads of loads of players in midfield now, which is great. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really interested to see how we line up. Um, obviously, a be a tough game. I think Cheltenham haven't had the um, the worst of starts, and they beat Ipswich, I think, on the opening day. Um, so I think they're a fairly decent outfit. Um, and first time playing them, I've never seen them play against us before. Obviously, you've had that one in the League Cup, so. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And like you say, these new faces coming in um, at home as well. I think it'll be, uh, it'll be a really good day at the Valley on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, obviously no um, no, no Gilby or no Purrington by the sounds of what uh, Nigel said there. The players coming back from international duty will be assessed. I think Arter, I don't know, maybe on the bench. Uh, Washington sounds like it'd be okay. Um, but the, the fact that we don't have Purrington or Gilby at the moment... 
whereas three weeks ago that was a bit of a headache it we're, we're now in the position where it doesn't matter as much i mean I'd lo- i'm looking forward to when alex gilby in particular comes back in because uh you know we know what he can bring to this side especially as a midfielder getting forward but we now we're in the position where it doesn't matter as much as well which is again another change from from two or three weeks ago tom yeah i was about to say the same thing there is we can rotate now and, and obviously after an international break like this you want to be able to you know Gunter played both games for Wales. Washington played well for uh, for Northern Ireland, but obviously again has played played a lot of minutes. So, yeah, you want to be able to rotate where you can, and and we've obviously got some players in now that means means we can do that. I think, as I said earlier, and Lewis is right. You know, Cheltenham. You know, they're only just above us. They've they've only got the one win as well, but they have drawn a few games and they've scored a lot more goals than us. I think, or maybe conceded a lot more as well. So uh, so goals are. You know, you know, there's going to be goals in the game. I think so. Expect it to be nil nil now, but I think it's about looking at them and and seeing the best way to play against them. You know, do you drop Kirk into the ten, or do you play Lee there, or if you've got Washington, do you play him there? You know, you've got options. You've got all those wide players as well. So it's about setting up right. I think he was right to drop Dobson and Clare for the previous game uh, against Crew, but then as you say, played well against Crawley. So do you bring one or other of them in? You know, do you keep Morgan in that deeper role? There's there's options and it's it's nice to be able to talk about that because for those first few games, you know, we were wheeling out that same starting 11 and, and losing and then doing the same thing each week. And it was like, well, what does someone have to do to be dropped? And, and ultimately it was about getting bodies in to give us those options. And now we have that. So I think what's exciting for me is we genuinely don't know how we're going to line up when we go in on, uh, you know, when the team sheet comes out at two o'clock and, and I'm looking forward to to seeing who it is and, hopefully seeing some of the new faces as well. I mean, that decision about the formation is going to be a big one as well because it was notable for the, for the crew game that we, we came away from that 4-3-3 or won the 4-3-3 as Nigel Adkins. That's a goalkeeper in him, uh, not not forgetting the goalkeeper in the in the formation, but very few people actually talk about uh, the, the one in, in, the, in, in the formation, but Nigel does. So the 1-4-3-3 was replaced by, I don't know, I would have called it a 1-4-4-2 against crew, although there was perhaps a little bit of fluidity in there but I mean that worked very well against crew so I mean can you change that do you look at the personnel available do you look at the side you're going to play or do you I mean as a side that will need to go and impose themselves on the game surely you focus on yourself first and let Cheltenham sort of react to that Lewis yeah I think it would be really difficult to change it um but also like there's so many players now that can probably mold better in into that original system of the 4-3-3 especially with that number 10 role. I, I think Elliot Lee plays the number 10 so well. I mean, I know it was against Crawley, but in that game, he played it outstandingly. So that's an option. Do you do you play that sort of 4-3-3 and make sure you've got the 10 supporting Stockley and have Elliot Lee there? Obviously, out wide, um, Jaya Simi kind of picks himself at the moment. He's been fantastic. And then on the other wing, do you, do you have Kirk? Would you stick Leko out there? Or yeah, There's so many options, but I, I'd agree. We look so much we just look more organized and, and more attacking and more dangerous in that 4-4-2 I think it helped having someone alongside Stockley to take the pressure off a little bit in Connor Washington so whether you know with him being away on international duty I think he started both games as well um it, he might be rested uh, and if he is rested do we revert to the to the one up top or do they do they stick Leco up top I know he's played up top before so yeah like we say like a, a a headache in terms of selection but 
we've also got plenty of of, uh, of players to choose from now. So yeah, like Tom, I'm just excited to see what that team sheet says at two o'clock on on Saturday. Yeah, I mean that, that that's the the point that Lewis makes there. Leco could presumably play alongside Stockley where Washington played against Crew. I mean that's sort of something I'd written down on my notes. I mean that that could definitely work. I I, I would imagine, don't you think, Tom? Yeah, hundred percent it could, and and again gives Washington that break because he's played a lot of football and. I think you've got probably three or four of those players. I think DJ primarily is going to stay wide, but I think you could argue Washington, Leco, uh, Kirk, maybe Lee, but I think think certainly those three could either play out wide or could play down the middle. So there are options there. And as I say, you you haven't really got anyone apart from Washington who are playing like a direct standard four four two. But I don't think particularly Nigel Adkins wants to play that or a one four four two. He would call it, but. I think, yeah, you're right. Leco could play up top with him. I think Washington could play in that role as well. And I think Kirk could do a job there as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting to see. And, and as I said earlier, we've got Blackett Taylor as well, who played well against Crawley and could play out wide. So I'd be surprised if we just go for the standard 4-3-3 we played previously. I'd be very surprised if Albie's up there in that more number 10 role. Um but I think you know any other combinations of of defensive midfielders or those ones going forward could be could work because I think Watson and Morgan looked very good there against Crew. Uh, I thought Watson actually had a good game against Wigan as well. But then Claire and Dobson have started to improve a little bit, or certainly did in in the Crawley games. So maybe deserve a chance as well. So even defensive midfield, we've got options. So um, yeah, plenty for Nigel to be thinking about. I know he often posts his little. Uh, tweet doesn't he with when he's reviewing training and reviewing matches and stuff so uh yeah hopefully he's had a look at everybody had a look at all the international games and as I say if he gets his selection right I think the thing we've been saying all pod is we've got the players there now that should be going out and winning games so it's just about getting that formation and tactics right and and yeah I think we can we can go out there and get all three points yeah I mean we've spoken already about the the pressure and the ramped up now expectation levels Lewis so I mean again it'd be very interesting to see how we react as a crowd if we don't win Saturday I mean it, it feels silly saying it but currently after after five games or some have played six with six points off the playoffs which is obviously you've effectively got an entire season just under to uh to claw that back three points about a relegation zone in case anyone's worried but I think we'll be fine um so we're not in a position where we can afford to drop too many points at home you know and, and hopefully that that won't be the case on Saturday but it'll be interesting to see how we react if we do because it won't be the end of the world but it'll just ramp up the pressure a little bit more now that we have this higher expectation level again yeah definitely and and like you say the atmosphere before when it wasn't going right um did turn pretty sour pretty quickly obviously the atmosphere against crew was much better the performance was much better um and with these players coming in, you like to think their performance level will be there. But also remember, some of these people haven't played a huge amount of football recently. You know, Jonathan Lecco is probably cut. He's match fit because he's played a little bit with with Bo this year for Birmingham. But you know, Harry Arter hasn't played a lot of football. Papa Suarez hasn't played any football if he's going to be involved. Stephen Henderson, you know, is not going to be involved. I, I doubt because of of Craig McGilvery. But you know, some of these players are just coming into the into their own sort of fitness and haven't played a lot of football so it might take them a bit of time to get up to speed um and that's kind of the risk you take when you do your signings late on you have to get that gelling you know we're seeing it with Ipswich they've signed all these players and they've they've not really gelled yet so it's going to require a little bit of patience um but I think the players we've signed improve us massively um and I think that as long as the performance will be there on Saturday and I'm really looking forward to 
to seeing the new players and seeing how our Saturday turns out. Lovely stuff. Well, buzzing to find out what happens uh, on Saturday then. Right, we've come to the end of the big match preview. Don't forget that we'll be back again on Sunday to look back at that game uh, against Cheltenham Town. So make sure you get involved with your tweets and your emails. Tweet us at Charlton Live. Email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk if you want to have your show, your say on a Sunday's show. Thank you to those of you who did for today. Thanks to Tom and Lewis for joining me on the pod. Cheers, Cheers mate. mate. Good to have you both with me. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again on Sunday. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.